Okay. Ready? We'll do. A, let's do one, two, three, four, five, and then clap on six. Okay. But do. But you got to do the ands. One and two and three and four. That. Yes. And then we'll clap five and and clap on six. Yep. Okay. Here we go. Ready? Mm-hmm. All right. Together, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Nope. Here we go. Okay. One and two and three and four and five and. Oh, I forgot to clap. God damn it, really? Hey, everybody, welcome to I'm Okay, You're Okay, I'm Not Okay, You're Not Okay. With me, Bob Schneider, and your other host, Clint Wells. You're welcome. I've uh, been drinking some tea lately. Yeah? How's that going for you? Pretty good. Some uh, I got it as a gift. It's like this fancy tea that's got like flowers in it. And you put it in one of those little baskets, which I've never... I've never used the tea basket. I've always used the the you know the bags, and I have to say the basket tea much much better. I uh, you know I I don't I haven't really roamed through the world of teas, so I I'm, well, I'm like a little baby just soaking all this in. There's baskets, there are flowers, there are bags. Well, here's the thing: like most people, do the thing where they have a bag of tea. They have the tea bag. They put it in there. Put put the water in. And that's, you know, that's your novice shit right there. Now, right. the next step is you have a little metal, like a little like a little mini lobster, like, you know, deadliest catch, but smaller. Okay. And you put tea in that, and then you put that in your thing, and then you pour water on it. And the little mesh thing holds the tea in. And then when you're done, you just rinse it out. It's real easy. Okay. But that tea is much fresher and much better. And who knew? Well, I think a lot of people over in England knew that. Yeah, and in maybe India. a lot of people in Asia, Asia and India. Well, India for sure and Asia for sure. For it's all of all of the people in China, dude. Every person in China knows about tea. I think that for me, and this was this was sort of a lockdown revelation for me because as you know, I got into camping. Yeah, and there is something, I think the most delicious beverage I've ever had is warm, hot, well, not warm, hot-ass coffee in the morning on a chilly day when you're camping. Oh, yeah. That is a delicious, I, especially refreshing. Out of a rut, especially out of an old dented fucking pan. Oh, dude. Yeah. Or out, or of, an old, you, out of an old out of an old mariner's boot, which is a good way dude, if it. you're drinking coffee out of an old mariner's boot <laughs> and it's fucking maine and the fucking bears are just by the by the river gnawing on salmon heads and you're just fucking drinking that hot fucking mariner boot coffee is there a better feeling in the world you could be at a restaurant getting some like clam chowder or perhaps a lobster roll and you'll see a you know a, a an aged mariner and you'll say excuse me sir can i use that boot for a minute and he's like, why? And I'm like, I just want to make some coffee in it and drink yeah. from it. And he'll know what that is. <laughs> I mean, that's that's well, the most requested. If you're an aged mariner in Maine or anywhere on that part of the world, that's your most request. Like, people don't normally talk to him. So he, he already knows. Like, right when, you, when you're walking up, you're like, you want the boo, right? You'll see a knowing look across his face, you know, yeah. like it's like a setting sun. And, and he won't even say anything. He'll just start taking the boot off. Right. And then there you go. Yeah, sometimes they'll even have tea in there from the previous uh, 
tea or coffee, depending on the preference of the of the previous drinker of right. said Bev. Yeah. Bridge. Well, you never washed the boot. It just continues to be cycled through. Actually, that is, speaking of camping, when you get those cast iron pans and shit, you don't wash them. You just, no. and so the, all the, every meal before it is sort of transmuted into whatever you're eating now. It's beautiful. Yeah. When you're done, you just take some moss and then just rub it out with moss and then put that on the side of your chuck wagon and move through the forest. That's, and you've got wooden wheels, don't we all? And uh, there are people caroling and singing in the woods, and there are wooden creatures, and there are elves. Fucking and gnomes and shit gnomes, out there. Yeah, fairies. It's, that's, Dude, last know. time I was drinking some coffee out of a mariner's boot, I looked down, there was a fucking gnome in my coffee. Yeah. I was like, well, what are you doing down there? And he's like, oh, it's just taking me a hot bath. It's a good source of protein. I would have just thrown it back. I don't like to eat gnomes. They're kind of... Uh, they're a little bit, um, they got a lot of sharp little bits in them. Yeah. They're called bones, I guess. <laughs> I guess those are bones, aren't they? Well. You'd think like gnomes would have like rubbery bones, but they're really brittle and sharp. Right. Well, if I, they had I rubbery like, bones, they wouldn't be able to stand up. So. No. It's important that they are able to become erect. Not the way you're thinking about it, you dirty little fucking perverts. Erect is in standing upright. As in homo erectus. As in go Dude. fuck yourself. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, if you do the math, <laughs> if you do the math on all subjects, <laughs> the equals is go fuck yourself. <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's like in Goodwill Hunting when the whole the whole problem takes up the whole board and you're working it out to the very bottom right hand corner and it just says go fuck yourself. <laughs> so school uh, school administration funding for the year uh, looks like we're gonna go down this list of helpful do's and don'ts, but you're eventually gonna get to a an equal sign. Yeah. Well, and there'll be a GFY at the end of it. That's how it works. And that's it's how not, it works. It's dude. not personal. It's not. No, it's not personal. And when you're young, you think there's other. You know, like, oh, I got this GPSed out. I'm like, yeah, you can GPS it out any way you want. The end destination is GFY. Right. Those are the final coordinates of right. the final resting place. <laughs> <clears throat> dude, <laughs> you'll never get a taste of that like New York either. In New York, they just do not care. Uh, uh, and I've I've been in New York many times and kind of know my way around it. Many of my friends live there. I was married there, blah, blah, blah. And dude, this time through, I was a little rusty on <laughs> some New York shit. And those people working in those train stations or on those buses did not give a fuck about little old me. No. It's like a breath of fresh air, though. It's kind of nice, non, yeah. Their non-giving a fuckery is... is Truly like a breath of fresh air. I'll stick with my first one. <laughs> you kind of nailed it out of the gate, dude. Yeah, it was it was interesting. Isabel was able to come out to some shows. She came out to uh, New York and Jersey. And you have that added layer. I don't know if you've ever felt this way with your family if they're out visiting you. But you have that added layer of trying to make sure they're squared away, you know. So you're working, you need sound checks, you need to get to where you're going, and you also having to make sure your family's okay. And that is just an extra stress layer. That's no problem. 
But right. man, like we got on, dude, I went, so she flew in and I was already in the city and I went to pick her up from JFK because as you know, JFK and LaGuardia are really far from the city. Right. They're like insanely far. It was like a 90 minute train ride for me to get to JFK, but I wanted to, I wanted to be there when she landed and I wanted to help her get, we were staying in Midtown. And I looked, and it's cheaper if you can get on one of the buses and go to the Jamaica station and then get an Uber from there. And I'm like, cool, I'll, you know, save a couple of bones. Well, we got we got on the wrong Jamaica bus, dude. We'll put it that way. And I'm looking at my GPS while we're on this bus, and we're just going further and further out into Queens. It's Ooh. 11.30 p.m., Ooh. and everybody on the bus from the airport is starting to get off, and it's starting to become a ghost bus. And I asked the lady, I said, is this going to the Jamaica station? Of course, she was mean as hell, very dismissive, and also didn't really answer my question. So Isabel's like, you know, she's like, let's just get out right here and call an Uber. I'm like, are you looking outside right now? We're in Murderville. It's 1130. We got all our bags. We we very much look like we don't know yeah. what we're doing. And that's not, and I'm not saying anything. Look, good people live in those neighborhoods that are just trying to do their fucking jobs and take care of their children. Amongst the murderers, there are good people. But I do think if there are bad people around, they are going to want to do something bad to us. Well, the murderers hit the streets around 1130. (laughs) We was really bad timing for us with the murderers. Um, So she finally, we took it to the end of the line, dude, which was a Jamaica bus station far away from anything, from the known world. And I had no choice. We had to get out and call a cab. And just, it it felt treacherous. We got there. We were safe and everything. But you have that added layer of like, I feel responsible for my family's safety. Right. And that's a lot. Well, I will say this. I went to New York City back in the 80s. And when you were cruising around the city in the 80s, and uh, it was a different city back then. It was real lively and sketchy and they were just there were just everybody that you knew had stories of being mugged or held up or and there were just there's a lot of activity where people were in your face talking shit uh ready to rock and then and then which that actually that part felt safe but then i had a friend who lived in brooklyn and we took a subway ride into brooklyn and it was like one o'clock in the morning or something like that and when we got off that train and we had to walk to her place from that train stop there was not a soul on the street and that was real real scary like so much scarier than a bunch of people like in hell's kitchen and stuff yeah yeah totally well because you know the, the the isolation of it the desolation is creepy my first time ever going to New York, I was 17, and me and my best friend at the time just decided to get in our cars and go. Little Alabama boys, we had never been to anything like that. We just were feeling adventurous. So we get up there, and we don't know shit, dude. We don't know anything. Right. I don't even know how we got on the fucking subway. I don't know how we got Metro cards. Who even knows? I, that was a million years ago. But one of my first times on the subway, we were on there. And you know now you and I know if you want to look like you belong in New York, just look like you died a hundred years ago, look dead forever, because New Yorkers just look ground down. But of course we're like little bouncy seventeen-year-olds. They stop the train in the tunnel, and the conductor goes, "We have to stop the train. There's somebody running around the tracks." And we're like, 
what? And then our door opens and the guy running down the tracks who looked like Charles Manson came into our car and he's sweating and heaving like a wolf and he's yelling, I'm going to kill all of you. Yeah. <laughs> Every Me and my friend, I could have, I basically was shitting my pants. All of the New Yorkers just reading the newspaper. Right. Another day, another crazy guy. Yeah, that was, I feel like that's what, uh, that's, the New York of the eighties that that was like the rag. It was real. It was real lively in that regard. Like I remember going to a club and they were just like, this guy was passing around a joint and I just like kind of went up to him. Cause I'm, I'm used to Austin where if somebody's passing around a joint, you just kind of get in the circle and you take a hit of that joint. And I kind of went up there and these are strangers now. But, I mean, I just kind of got in the circle, and then it came around, and I took a hit, and this guy looked at me like, what are you doing? <laughs> and and my friends who were there who saw it hustled me out of that club. He's like, you almost got killed, dude. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I guess I'm used to Austin. Yeah, dude. They're, they're pretty serious up there. But I'm, I feel the same way about, like, I kind of appreciate it. Um, I was in a I was in a cab once, or maybe it was new. It doesn't matter. And uh, there was a lot of traffic, and where I needed to be was only three bucks up. So I was running late, and so I just I said, "Hey, dude, I'll just get out here." I threw my door open. A fucking bike messenger crashed into the door, like in a movie. And I, being from Alabama, was like, "Oh my god, dude, I'm so sorry." I was like helping him with the shit, and he just got up and he got right up his, and he went, "Fuck you." <laughs> fuck you <laughs> he, but but he wasn't going to kill me or anything he just rode right, away right. it's like yeah, it wasn't yeah. personal and me even right. being nice about it annoyed him he was like fuck you whereas in the south if you don't handle some of that right they might pull out a gun and kill you my one of my elementary school teachers shot a woman in the face in pelham alabama from road rage yeah because everyone pretends to be nice in the south but really under all that is white hot anger in new york it gets exercised because yeah. no one takes shit personally. Everything just moves fast and it moves along and no one pretends shit. There is that weird, it is a weird thing, this, like, because Texas I've always thought of as being one of the friendliest, I think it is the friendliest state in the country. Um, But it's a surface layer of friendliness. Like, as soon as the shit hits the fan here in Texas, if it's not your family... You're on your own, dude. Like the, everybody guns up and hoards out. They gun up and hoard out here, <laughs> and you're like, "What happened to a friendly neighborhood?" Uh, they're like, "We're gunning up and hoarding out." Whereas if you go, I, I do feel like up in the Midwest and even in the East Coast, where where people aren't as friendly, when the shit hits the fan, people kind of like. I don't know. They're they're. It doesn't change so radically. No, I mean, like you can. There's many stories told and a lot of footage about like the post nine eleven New York solidarity. I mean, it was a huge deal, right? Um, but it, and it's because they all live on top of each other. So there's you know like in Texas and it's same in Tennessee. Everyone's just spread out. Everyone has all their shit. In right. New York, you're you're paying a million bucks to live in a fucking one bedroom tiny ass apartment. And you, you have to smell your neighbor's cooking every day, and you know, so dude, that is so weird. Like, I'm so glad that's not my sitch. 
I mean, my friends who are balling up there, which I don't have many. In fact, a lot of people are. It's just like L.A. A lot of people are leaving. They can't. They can't. They can't live there. But my few friends that are balling up there, it is unbelievable how much money they spend for for not a lot of space. If I would have been rich in my twenties, I think New York would have been pretty fun. But even then, I think I would have probably gotten into some real serious trouble. Well. It just seems to be much like L.A., a city that <clears throat> can really chew you up and spit you out, really grind you down. Dude, I got sober in L.A. because I went to some parties and came up across the mean streets of L.A. A little skid row action? I remember I was at a bar one night, and uh, I was talking to some lady, and I was telling her that I had some cocaine, which I did not. And I was like, you want to go do some cocaine? She was like, yeah, and she was real hot. So I'm like, okay, let's go. And so we went out to the parking lot. And then when we got out there, I was just kind of wanting to make out with her. And I was like, yeah, you know that thing I said about having cocaine? I, I really don't have any cocaine. And this bitch went psycho on me, dude. She just started screaming at me. She's like, my boyfriend's going to kill you. <laughs> and I'm like, boyfriend? You didn't say you had a boyfriend, bitch. She's like... She's fucking screaming and like we go back into the club and she's her boyfriend's like some giant dude and she's like this guy said he had coke and he doesn't fucking kill him and and luckily her boyfriend was just laughing at her for being such a fucking skanky ass whore. Jeez. And but I left the club. I was like I don't want things to get. I was like, "Hey man, I I didn't know. I was just joking." Yeah, I've had some weird experiences in LA as well. Nothing quite like that. I don't I didn't I wasn't over promising hard drugs to anybody. So I guess I was able to avoid that particular pitfall. Man, I got into all kinds of little scuffs. I got I got a fucking pissed off Iggy Pop at a party, which was a real bummer. And how did you go about doing that? He seems I don't know. I was just he seems drunk intense. and I was I was just really gnawing his ear off with my bullshit and just got tired of it. What did he do? I don't remember. I mean, I just remember him not him not thinking I was cool. The other thing I remember about that party was I had sunglasses on and one of the lenses was missing and I was wearing that around like that was cool. Wow. And it was like it was like you know, 100% dark lens. So it wasn't like it was so it was I I thought I was like a pirate, you know. Yeah. But I was just a drunk dick. Right. So we talked in our last episode about like ideas and when you're drunk, you have an idea of yourself that more, more than likely is not accurate that you're fucking cool. You're hilarious. You're the life of the party. You're interesting. And you know, this as a sober guy. It's like, there's nothing more boring actually than the drunk guy who thinks he's interesting. No, it's, it's horrible. Guys, just being around drunk people is real boring. Yeah. Like when I got sober, I was like, I'm going to, go out and party all night in new orleans and then you just spend like hours and hours around drunk people and you're like i'm never doing this again yeah i remember after i got my divorce uh i was drinking a lot to cope with that and i was worried that i may have had a drinking problem so i didn't drink for three months just to do a little pressure test and it was no problem but i was going out with my same buddies i was totally cool to be around them and they were drinking and I do remember having that feeling. I was like, oh my God, dude, is this what we sound like? Because it sounds stupid. 
getting louder as the night, you know, just as the night wears on, getting louder, pontificating more, not making any points. I was like, oh, God, this is what we sound like. This sucks. Yeah. I mean, it's a real easy, it's a real easy experiment to do is you just one night, the people that you hang out with when you're drinking, just don't drink one night and yeah. see what that's like. And you'll be like, I'm definitely drinking next time. <laughs> yeah. It was good to dip in and and <clears throat> and realize that I I wasn't going to have to make some big changes in that area because my I have I have that in my family. Well, my my thing always is when it, it, like I've had people come to me and like oh, I think I might have a drinking problem or whatever. I'm like, yeah, just keep drinking. Always my my thing is always just keep drinking. Whatever you do. That's uh, pretty unconventional advice for someone trying to talk to you about being sober. Well, because sobriety doesn't work for people that just want to get a handle on their drinking. Like, right, right. It's it's not about it's not about. Well, I just want to get my shit together, and then maybe I'll you know have a beer here and there. No, that's <laughs> not what it's about, dude. A guy, I met a guy on tour who's a big fan of the artists I play for, and she's a sober person, covered in tattoos. She's a very cool, interesting girl. And I guess this guy was really inspired by her. He and he came up to me and he said, "Hey, I'm a huge fan. I drove three hours, blah blah blah." And uh, she inspired me to get sober. I'm sober now. And he, he's drinking a beer while he's telling me this. Right. I said, "Well, I, I was like, I mean, how does that fit into you know pointed to his beer?" And he was like, "Oh, I still drink. I'm not sober from booze." Um, and and I said, "Well, I got some friends who are California sober, which means they smoke weed." He's like, "Oh yeah, dude, I smoke weed all day, every day." I was like, well, oh listen, God. man. I'm like, what are you sober from, homie? He's sober like, oh. from? He he said to do his cocaine. But I'm like, dude, I don't know if calling yourself a sober guy, I don't know if <laughs> how you're rocking it. You're not a sober guy. No, if you're doing drugs, you're not sober. Like <laughs> exactly. I know people that I know people that stop drinking, but that still smoke pot right. 24/7. They're not right. sober. Right. They're just not drinking. Right. Which is so you're fine. Not, you're not, you're not doing hard drugs. That's fine, dude. So this is—it's funny that I'm thinking about this guy. So the same guy, he's—he's he's standing like front row at our sound check, and I see his shoes, and I'm like, "Hey, man, what are those shoes? They're Freddy Krueger fans. They're Nightmare on Elm Street Vans." Now, Jesus Christ, you know me, and our audience knows me. I was highly interested in in that, and he goes, "Hey, man, there's one." He was like, "What size do you wear?" I said, 10 and a half. He said, there's one pair left at the mall, uh, and it was like right by where a hotel was. And I was like, I'm going to call him right now, dude. Called him. They're sold out. He's like, dude, these are really hard to get. I went to like five places today. And I said, oh, they're sold out. I was like, man, I'm on tour for like three weeks. I'll find him. He starts taking them off because he wants to give me his shoes. Whoa. Which I declined. And because uh, I'm, not, I'm not trying to wear anyone else's shoes. Now, that old Mariner's boot, I'll drink coffee from that. But I'm not trying to just wear someone's Freddy Krueger shoes, man. Dude, I had a lady last night after the show waiting at my car. And I'm getting in my car and she's like, aren't you going to say hello? And I'm like, oh, my God. She's wearing a Bob Schneider shirt. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God. Really? I got to fucking deal with this bullshit. And she's like, hey. I'm like, do I know you? And she's like, What? what what are you talking about i'm like i don't know who you are should i know you 
She's like, of course you, of course. Are you fucking with me? Are you shitting with me? I've never oh. seen this lady in my life. Um, and I'm like, did I meet you like 20 years ago or something? Did, you know, did we date back in the 90s or some bullshit? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who the fuck you are. Okay. Go and, on. And she, you know, she's like, oh, forget it. You know, she tells me your name, which I'm not going to say. And then she's like, "Forget, well, just forget it. And just storms off. And I'm like, what the, f- really? I have to deal with this shit now? Man. People are, when people are crazy, it really bums me out. I'm like, come on. It's hard, dude. It's hard. Um, but but if you if you think you know me, at least give me, tell me how you think you know me. Right. Give me a break. I actually, but I will say I've meet fans a lot who are pretty reasonable about that. There, last night we were in Charlottesville, and there the whole front row were like super fans, and they were asking for a set list, and I gave it to them. And I was like, "Hey, look, like you guys are having a good time. Thank you so much for coming." One of those girls was like, "I've been to like the last four shows. I've met you a couple times," and I was right. like, "Oh shit!" And she was like, "But hey, I know you meet a lot of people." She like let me off the hook, you know. Well, people, people who are normal. And thoughtful, they go this, they do this. Hey, I have met you before. I met you here and here. Um, this is how you know me. This is how you've met me before. Oh, I'm the person from the live stream, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I talked to two people, two groups of people before this lady last night. They both did that. And I was like, oh, okay, thanks. for it. And it's great because now I know how I know them. I know the context. And it's great. We can move forward. We can have a conversation. One of my roughest stories about someone being upset about me not remembering them, this was like 10 years ago. I was touring with Griffin House. And that was just me and him, duo. And we were doing the thing from stage where we were basically saying, if anyone has a place we can crash, that'd be awesome. Which is so unthinkable to me now, but it was 10 years ago. Well, before we played the show, I'm at the bar having a cocktail and i'm talking to some chick and after about 10 minutes of it she's like do you really not know you really don't you've been talking to me for 10 minutes you really don't recognize me uh, and i'm like no i uh, i was like if we did you come to a show or whatever and it was just some she'd come to some other show you know and we'd probably just talked to that show and she made like a big stink out of it right right it was really awkward and it got to the point where i was like you're you're kind of a psycho and i need to split i'm sorry i'm sorry i didn't remember you so then fast forward to us saying, can we stay with anybody? And Griffin's like, oh, I worked it out. I worked out who we're going to stay with. The end of the night, the only people left in the bar, me, Griffin, bar staff, and that chick. Psycho. So we go to her apartment, and she has blown, a blown up air mattress in her living room. Griffin got the guest room, of course. And so I sleep on this fucking air mattress, and the bottom half of it deflated in the night. So half of my body is in this horrible contorted pretzel on the floor i wake up very uncomfortable sore shit and i look up and she's sitting on her couch eating a bowl of cereal watching me sleep oh my god so that's that story yikes yeah i mean i i've got i've got plenty of back in the day stories i mean i feel like when i was back in my drinking days we did that a lot we would stay at we would play a gig. We didn't have any money. We're barely making money. And we'd crash at people's houses. Like, we crashed at a at these people's house who had their whole house, like, decorated in, like, demons and 
devils and like you, you went into the bathroom and there were all these like babies that were like on, in nooses that were covered in blood and there were baby sculptures that had nails in them that were covered in blood and I'm like okay I guess this is where we're staying tonight yeah and I'm like sleeping on the floor and like it, it was like a house that had like you know 10 rooms so you know there was and it was all punks every all the people that lived there were goths and punks and stuff and I was just like, Jesus Christ. But, you know, you have a few drinks and fall well, asleep. Well, <clears throat> there's a time in your life, and maybe that was that time for you, when you're really up for that kind of thing. You almost lean into it. You almost, I mean, there was a time when I was looking for that. Dude, there was a time where we stayed at these girls' house, these two girls, and they had 30 rats in a in a giant like aquarium and then a run and then they had these runs that kind of went from room to room where the rats could like you know these tubes yeah these see-through tubes but probably 30 rats and that's and these chicks were like the same kind of chick like you know when i woke up they were just sitting there watching us man like <laughs> that you know my kind of that kind of shit i was like let's get the F out of here. My friend Brad has a story. Have you ever met my friend Brad Lyons? I've probably talked to you about him. Great friend of mine from Birmingham. He's a good looking dude and he is a guitar player and a touring guy, blah, blah, blah. He met some chick in like San Francisco and they, I think they even like made out a little bit. They had a little bit of a fun time and the band ends up staying at her house. She had some big house in San Francisco. Well, when it came time for that, the late night vibe, he declined to go further with her. You know, he was tired. Maybe he wasn't feeling it. He just wanted to get some sleep. Maybe he thought there'd be some time in the morning for that, but he declined. She did not take that well. He, uh, he said, he said after they, there was like a huge fight about it. Then he said he smelled something burning and he went into the room she was in and she was just setting things on fire in her own room. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. Dude. <laughs> Dude, there are some crazy motherfuckers in the world. <laughs> and there's a time when you're really willing to run into some of them. Now, <clears throat> our time is up here, and this has been a great time. All right, I, I got a good I got a pretty good story for the for the uh Secret Weekly. I've probably if I've told it, my apologies, but it's definitely Secret Weekly material. All right, here's how you get into the Secret Weekly. You go to P A T R E O N Patreon.com slash the letters I O K and you get to, uh, to support us, and it, it takes time and effort and energy and their associated costs with putting this on the server and having a website, blah, 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 blah. If you want to support the show, that's the way to do it, and you get access to The Secret Weekly, where we are now going, and we hope you'll join us. And if not, we'll see you on the regularly scheduled program next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.